Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Grain Feed, brought to you by EverAg. This is your weekly news feed for all things grain and all things feed. Each week, we bring you updates on the markets with unique perspectives of an amazing team of analysts with the intentions of helping dairy and livestock producers manage the risk. I'm your host, Jim Matthews. We are live at the Central Plains Dairy Expo in beautiful Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's been a wonderful week. And if Paige will kindly timestamp the broadcast, it is Thursday morning here recording the intro here, but we've had a couple wonderful guests make an appearance. One special appearance and two of my travel companions will also be interviewed uh, over the past couple days as well. So hopefully you enjoy the show. All right, so we are here at the show with special guest Serena Sharp. Serena, how are you? I'm doing very well. Excellent. Serena, would you mind telling the viewers a bit about yourself? I'm Serena Sharp. I grew up on dairy farms first in California and then in Michigan. I'm a dairy market analyst and I write about the markets for the Daily Dairy Report. And Serena, you have spoken here at the show in previous years. Everyone here very much values your market opinions and insights. Lots going on in the markets, especially a lot at the end of this week. Any insights towards Friday's report? Yeah, so uh, we have a little bet going, full Mm -hmm. disclosure for the viewers out there, on how many acres of corn farmers have told USDA that they're going to plant. On Friday, we have the prospective plantings report. I think they're going to do a little more corn than you do. I'm at 90.7 million acres. That's slightly higher than the market's average guess. It's 90.7? And mine was 90.1. Yeah, so... Not a huge window there, but uh, we agree they're going to plant more than 90 million acres of corn. And last year they were below that mark. So that's an improvement. That's exactly right. I believe I might have won last year's bet with a handful of folks using that sub 90 million acreage number. So that'll be really interesting. Uh, Any commentary on soybeans? Uh, So soybeans, I think that their acreage will probably be kind of steady to a little lower yep. than last year, maybe lose a little ground to corn. We're, uh, we're going to see higher wheat acreage this Great. year. Um, but the other crops, I think farmers are going to do row crops and not a lot of forages, unfortunately, yeah. for dairy producers. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, any insights on the dairy markets real quick before I let you go? Sure. So I think 2023 is going to be a little bit more of a slog than 2022 was. Feed costs are still high. I'm hopeful that they're going to come down over time. We've started to see that just a little bit, but the impact on the dairy at this point is pretty limited. A lot of their feed is already kind of locked in in the silage pile, that sort of thing. So hopefully a decline in feed costs. Class three milk prices have really rallied here in the past 30 days. We may have overdone it a little bit in the short term, but I hope that by the back half of the year, we're going to see some some better milk prices, a little bit slower milk production. Yeah, it's been a very interesting stretch here because for a bit there, we had milk rallying while feed markets were generally under pressure. Not so much the case though this week. We've had a lot of activity on the export market for corn. Corn prices are now getting squeezed up a bit into this report, which will make those numbers on Friday that much more interesting. So very much looking forward to that. Thank you very much for making an appearance here with us. Great to see you as always. Yeah, thanks. Have a great rest of the show. All right, you too. Thanks, Serena. Back on the air here. And this time we have Katie Burgess. Katie, how are things? Doing great here in South Dakota. It has been a nice little stretch here in South Dakota. A fun day today so far. We got to have Serena Sharp stop by the booth 
and interview with us and chat a little bit about the markets. Um, Katie, you've been talking to a lot of folks uh, throughout the day today and yesterday here at the expo. Uh, what's been your take on the milk and dairy market? And what have you been talking to folks about here the last day? I'd say a lot of the conversations we've had here today and over the past couple of weeks continue to center on how much milk is out there. So lots of milk here in the I-29 corridor, lots of milk still in other spots of the Midwest as well, down in Texas. And so right now the theme is just that there's plenty of supply coming off the farm, but that didn't seem to stop the markets earlier this week as prices rallied. But now we're seeing some of that supply start to weigh on the market and milk prices and cheese prices are starting to come back down a little bit. Yeah, prices are moving a bit on the milk side. We've also had a lot of activity on the grain side, as we spoke to Serena about uh, this morning. Um, are folks concerned about their margins as we head into the uh, U.S. planting season, hopefully in the next you know, four to six weeks, depending on the weather here, and also given potential volatility on Friday's grain report? Definitely. I think there's a lot of uncertainty yet of what feed prices are going to look like here over the next few months and after harvest time. I would say though, thinking about milk prices, the fact that April milk is at 1950 right now for class three futures compared to 1750 to start the month, that's really helping people feel a bit better knowing that those milk prices have come up off of those lows. Gotcha. Thanks for that, Katie. Katie, you heard the numbers that Serena and I guessed this morning on the Corn Acreage Report Friday. Do you care to weigh in on those numbers for Friday? Oh man, I am not a corn expert. I'll give you milk production estimates all day, every day, but I'm gonna stay out of the corn. It's I, not really my space. I just had to ask, I just had to ask. Well, thank you very much for your insights today. Great to travel with you and be with you as always. And hopefully you have a wonderful rest of your show. Thanks for having me, Jim. Thank you. Okay, folks, I am here with Jake Kingsley. You all know Jake as my partner in crime on the feed team, and we are filming together in person here at Sioux Falls. Jake. How are we today? Doing just fine, Jim. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. I feel like we just did this here a month or so ago in Tulare and now back in South Dakota. So, Jake, you've been talking to folks here at the Expo this week. Uh, what's been the take on the general feel of the grain and feed industry here in Sioux Falls? Um, you know, these guys are a little bit cold, a little bit wet, still kind of, I think, kissing goodbye the idea of an early planting season, but grateful for a little moisture after last year's uh, drought to go into the planting season. So grateful there. I think these folks are starting to feel a little bit of concern about, again, what's going on uh, with consistent or remaining drought in Kansas and Nebraska needing some more moisture down there to get those guys ramped up um, as well as this flooding in California because we certainly felt the effects here um, over the past feed year of extra demand for feed products coming out of this part of the world going to those other parts of the country uh, to service their deficit so a little bit of concern about that happening again this year and looking to uh, try to alleviate a little bit of that with some rain in, in Kansas and Nebraska. Okay, yeah, we've had a lot of conversations with folks here uh, who have friends and or family out in California. So that's been a big talking point. We just referenced we were in Tulare together. It was already wet there when we were there in February. And now we know, of course, the situation has changed um, for the worse for a lot of folks. But how that can also impact what folks are seeing here in terms of their feed prices, because everything can ultimately get pulled. Um, you also referenced the weather here. We've had some unique conversations as well with some uh, farmers in the area about how 
They have somewhat a unique situation with a snowpack. So keeping soil temps actually a bit warmer than most years. So if and when that snow does clear, perhaps folks out here get in the fields a bit earlier than maybe folks you know, back towards home for me and the Eastern Corn Belt. So that'll be super interesting as well. Um, any other specifics on the feed market here this week? Um, you know, I think everybody's pretty focused on Friday's uh, acreage report and quarterly stocks there. So we've, we've had quite a few conversations surrounding that. Um, it feels like the market's been in a holding pattern for a couple weeks, kind of waiting on those numbers. So um, folks have been trying to get positioned ahead of that and prepared for uh, the numbers that hit the market and, and the reaction to it tomorrow. So um, hopefully we've got folks positioned well um, and this thing doesn't get too crazy. Or if it does get crazy, it means cheaper feed for the next year. That's the goal, I think. So. That is always the goal for our team. Um, speaking of that report, Jake, you heard the conversations with uh, Serena and myself when I interviewed Serena yesterday uh, talking about our corn numbers for tomorrow. What's your corn number for tomorrow's USDA report? So I had it at 90.7 as well. 90.7? Um, mm-hmm. And that's 90.1. So keep those numbers in mind, folks as you watch the show, most likely on either Thursday evening or Friday. And again, that report comes out at 11 a.m. tomorrow, Central Time from the USDA. I also promised Katie Burgess that I'd hit you with a couple trivia questions today. So being in South Dakota, what is the capital of South Dakota? I believe, is it Bismarck? That's North Dakota. Okay. Is it Pierre? Yes. All right. Yes, it is. Well done. Jake, what is the nickname for the state of South Dakota? The, I don't know, the President Mountain State? I don't know what it is. You're on the right track. I don't know. I really don't know. The Mount Rushmore State. Okay. Okay. Well, I could have just said that. Probably. <laughs> I thought it was too easy. All right, Jake. Last one. Uh, north of town is South Dakota State University. What is South Dakota State University's mascot? The Jackrabbits. Seen a lot of jackets uh, with Jackrabbits running around here this week. Well done. Okay, so you didn't know the capital of the state, but you knew the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. I did. I'm a big football fan. They did a good little run there for a couple of years. That's true. They did. Is it also because your nickname in high school was Jake the Jackrabbit? That is not the case. I don't know, viewers. I think it might have been the case. Something to think about next time you watch Jake on the show is Jake the Jackrabbit Kingsley. Thank you very much for joining, Jake. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Jim. Absolutely. Well, a big thanks to our special guests here this week, Serena, Katie, and Jake. Thanks to everyone who stopped by the booth here at the Expo. It was wonderful meeting everyone here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We got to speak to a lot of wonderful people here at the events this week and right here at the EverAg booth. So thank you again. And of course, thank you to Paige for her production magic. And thank you to the viewers for watching the Grain Feed. That's all for today. We'll see you next time on The Grain Feed. Thanks for having me, Jim. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to believe this whole thing. <laughs>